0: I didn't know we were recording the Rick loud. Wakeman album. You know what's funny is that's the new, um, wait, did you say Alan Wakeman? No, I said Rick, Rick Wakeman. Wakeman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know a different thing. <laughs> Alan Wakeman.
1: Okay. Wait, so, which, which one was the Yes guy? Was that Rick? Rick. Rickman? That was yeah. Rick. Yes.
0: Mm. Yeah. I you. I love, I love Me Yes. Me and
1: Colin like to sing the songs about aliens. Oh, yes. You know,
0: Yes is one of my favorite bands. It's my top, one of my top five favorite bands. Yeah. Well, you were
1: channeling them for a second.
0: Um, I do this thing with Jessica Where I'll sing Jessica is really cute That's like a song I always sing to her I go Jessica mm-hmm. is really cute Jessica is really cute And then I change styles and I do it, whatever And my yes version of it is like Jessica is <laughs> really cute Does she
1: join in with like weird harmonies And weird synthesizer <laughs> music
2: <laughs> Jessica is real.
0: I'd be like
1: Really cool. and that organ, it's it's booming. I know. For, for you guys who don't know, Colin is sitting here with, you know, a 1500s giant pipe organ that's <laughs> we brought in special for this.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: messed it up. There you cool. go. Shall we?
0: Uh, I forgot how that worked. I, I just was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Isn't there a thing that does that? Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's remember how to podcast real quick. Toccata and Fugue. I think that's the name of that crazy long thing. Oh, nice. Cool. I thought it was Count Chocula. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm Zach. I think, I, oh, wait, oh, wait. Oh, wait. No. Oh, no, no. We can't yet? go yet. We can't go yet. Want to know why? Why? Because <laughs> why can't I be first? Okay. Why don't you go first this time? Okay. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for- Oh, allowing... you're welcome. Okay, you're very well. I'm Zach. <laughs> And I'm Stephen, and I'm Colin, and welcome, and welcome to the, the House Plants Podcast. See, wasn't that better? I got to go with your name. It's fun to pretend to be someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, <laughs> Stephen. Could you please introduce yourself? Uh, I'm
3: Stephen McFarren. I exist. That's true.
1: That's that's <laughs> a gift confirm, all on its own. All, all by itself yes all by can. itself cool all right so we're we gonna talk are with, the houseplant yeah. podcast and we like to talk about music media and the mission of jesus there you oh, go oh he's done his homework. work he's a fast learner <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're gonna talk about all kinds of fun stuff today
0: <laughs> wait is that copyright maybe it is i have no idea no, that's um, it's photo fantasy it's fair use Probably. Yeah. We are talking <laughs> about a lot of
1: fair use and probably royalty free movies. Oh my goodness. Hopefully oh <laughs> not
0: royalty free. They're not royalty free. No, and if point. they were made before 1923, we could do okay. we could definitely do an exposé on the uh, Journey to the Moon movie. Okay. From like yeah. the 1890s. Please let's let do that.
1: Or um can we just include a copy of Journey to the Moon on our Patreon that you'll <laughs> have to pay <laughs> or or Birth
0: of a Nation? And maybe um, yeah. one or two other. I don't want to touch The Christian that one,
3: implications but... of Birth of a
1: Nation. Oh my lord, that would be very yeah, That could th- be a cringy. whole episode in and of itself. We did it. Yeah. If you yeah, ha- if you guys haven't guessed already, we are talking about movies. And we're going to talk about some classics this time. Next time, we're going to talk about some newer movies. But we're talking about Christian movies
0: for a couple yep. episodes. But first, we always like to hit it up with some worship. Let's open it up. And so, what, what song are we doing this time there, Zachy? We're doing a
1: new song. Very new for you. Um, This one is part of the Paul slash Zach album. It's got it's got a little bit of me in there and it's got a little bit of Paul. And um, yeah, I'm still not quite sure. I'm still tweaking lyrics and stuff. So if you hear me like tongue twister
0: it, you know, and for everybody (laughs) listening out there, this is your fault. By the way, you have made us make really like new worship songs all the time. And that's just the burden of that is on you guys so if you don't like it just remember it's your fault
1: <laughs> no it's not it's been super fun it's not been really playing funny. anything <laughs> new contemporary or copyrighted <laughs> for almost an entire year now I'm months. just
0: kidding it's been like the the yeah. the fact that you guys have um, enjoyed it give us feedback and also kind of it's been a good push for us to mm-hmm. create uh, cool stuff for the lord and the community just for context, you are talking about Paul McCartney, right? Yes. Or is it uh, Paul Newman? Paul McCartney who died in like the 60s. I don't know who this new guy is.
1: <laughs> it's about Pope John Paul II.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that guy from like Abbey Road or any of that, you know, Sergeant Peppers is. I don't know who that guy is. Nice. All right. Cool. You ready? Enough, yeah. enough shenanigans. Let's worship. Let's do
1: it. See if you can count how many movie references are in this. Okay,
0: I'll try. I'm
1: just a Cameron goaded
2: into stealing a car. Just a lonely farm boy looking at a binary star. Didn't see a i bottom swept up in a destiny that my life no longer belongs to me. Sometimes I'm barefoot walking through Moria like a skater kid flying a DeLorean like a shipwreck clawing and clinging to dry land Another Thomas needing you to show me your hand. child of wrath and a persecutor of your peace. A witness of your glory, I had to fall down on my face. Now I'm finally walking at the sole command of your grace.
1: That's a weird one, but it is kind of fun. Rock on,
0: rock on. <laughs> cool. No, that was really good. Thank you, Zach. Um, can you tell That's everybody common. what it's about? Like what's going on with this song? So who is the suburban boy? The suburban boy is
1: um, a normal person who lived a life of just regular old selfishness, maybe even like knowingly or unknowingly like hurt people with you know the way he lived his life sure and then like god turned him around and he was once a persecutor of people once you know had wrath and stuff but god uh, moved him by the spirit to have a life of calling
0: wait a minute this is zacchaeus he's talking about who his (laughs) name is named after you're talking about yourself (laughs) i'm just kidding no that's part of your um your paul it's part concept of the Paul album. concept album i am yeah. really excited to so hear he gets it.
1: yeah he sees Jesus on the road and we had a song where he's been blinded and mm-hmm. comes his sight comes back, so this is him kind of figuring out where he goes next and like there's in uh first Corinthians fifteen it talks about like i I should be the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church and blah 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 and so that's kind of the the identity crisis that Paul has and so it's and wrapped up in that and also like you see that influence in a lot of different movies like the hero's journey kind of mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. And so that's why I brought it today because we are talking about some movies and some classic ones that kind of have some hero's journey influence. This is going to be part
0: It's going to be part 1 of part 1 2 on the movies thing. It might be Another one of those intros into a further down the road kind of series where we come back to it. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of movies, a lot of depth we can go into. and only two episodes would not nearly even cover even like 10 percent of all the Christian movies out there that we want to talk about. But um, before we even get into any of that, um, do we want to pray really quick? Let's prayer it up. Yeah. And since we have a guest and we always make the guest pray awkwardly just to force it on them. (laughs) Stephen, would you like to pray for sure? Okay.
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and spend some time together talking about one of our favorite things. We pray that you will uh, guide our conversation into something that can actually be productive for other people besides us. And we pray that you will um, help us to uh, uh, just have a good evening tonight and uh, bring us safely home afterwards. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray.
0: Amen. 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 And that's especially good prayer because the storm is raging out there. Yeah, just a little uh, bit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He got a little absolutely. wet coming yeah. in. Uh, we felt bad because we were recording and uh, we got a text from Steven. He's like, oh, I'm out here, by the way, in the rain. <laughs> Whoops.
3: <laughs> no, you're fine. Whoopsie. You're fine. This
0: this wet hair is all just grease. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just yeah. slicking it back. He's uh, wanting just, to be a greaser. Just it out.
1: Because we're talking about 50s movies. Oh, so. yeah. By the Coolest. way, if you, guys, if you guys don't know, Steven is a good friend of ours. I've known Steven since like 2015, I think. Something like that. Your yeah. freshman or your sophomore year, uh-huh. I think. We met through the Wesley Foundation, and we've always bonded over, like, talking about obscure movies and random things like that. <laughs> of course.
3: And I got I to say, uh, I do appreciate you bringing me on in light of the fact that you usually bring on people who are experts <laughs> in the fields that you're talking about, in which I'm just a guy that's like, hey, have you ever heard of Akira Kurosawa? Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, like, here's the thing. um, We don't want to be a podcast that is just exclusionary to just, like, people that, seem like an authority but i i do think if you are a movie watcher you're welcome on the show but you are extreme like extremely uh weathered movie watcher, so that makes you an expert in this episode so so i appreciate it that's right yep so there we go cool all right sweet so what kind of movies are we talking about today colin all right so here's the deal okay you kind of have and i think this applies to music as well as church functionality everything there was definitely a classic there's periods just like there is with everything else you know with like regular movies and stuff so there were like baroque movies and i think that the 50s (laughs) i think that the 50s really was a time in which hollywood decided to really like go ham on budget and like try and make big stuff Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that some of the first, maybe even biggest projects they did in the 50s were Christian movies or at least movies that dealt with the Bible or Christian themes. Now, we're not going to do just the 50s, but um, we decided that we're going to split it up because right around the turn of the century is where we get sort of that modern feel when it comes to like Christian movies where we Mm -hmm. see like. The very distinctive difference between something post two thousand and something pre two thousand, or maybe
1: even the nineties. Let's say. yeah, let's yeah.
0: say that the nineties might be the cutoff. Okay, but we are we are going to be in the second episode talking about a movie that was made right at the year two thousand. So I, you know, that's kind of why we had that in our brain. But yeah. for today, we're going to be talking about five classic Christian movies, all of which are sort of different yeah but they are all well known and i guess our first attempt at this will be to talk about ones that had like a big impact culturally and maybe an impact on moviegoers in general ones that like kind of stuck around in history yeah when i was looking into this and i was
1: looking at the 50s in particular i realized like i was kind of remembering some of the stuff i learned in like film history yeah so If you guys don't realize this, there was something called the Hayes Code that was a part of film up until like maybe the 60s. And yeah, yeah, so there were like certain it wasn't like a law, but it was like Hollywood regulated itself to keep movies like sort of family friendly or whatever. And I remember my film professor, Doug Rogers, he showed us the movie Ben-Hur. And he gave yep. this like whole lecture kind of about the Hays Code and the morality stuff about the 50s. And he said, you could get away with sex and violence in your movies if you made them about the Bible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so some exactly of these right. movies are like they kind of skirt around like Hays Code stuff.
3: Absolutely. They're a bit
1: more violent than um, your typical 50s movies are because it's, well, it's it's biblical. So I have about
3: three and a half pages of notes just on the <laughs> Ten Commandments. And okay, I can we're going to rip
0: into that one. In most a little bit. of
3: that. Most of that refers to the fact that there is <laughs> a lot of sex and violence <laughs> present for the period. Yeah. Um, uh, believe Hayes Code was 1932 or 1934.
0: When it first got when it, when it, it. first yeah.
3: was instated, something like that. And I think was...
0: that I think that it might have maybe I'm wrong about this, but if I remember correctly, it might have had something to, to do with some of Howard Hughes's movies that showed a lot of cleavage. Certainly. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. And he's like, look at this film here. This film has a lot of cleavage (laughs) and nobody's getting mad at them. But you're over here getting mad at me for a two-second boob shot.
1: They also really, (laughs) really did not want communists around. No, absolutely.
3: Well, of course, I mean, that's the blacklist period. And we're still in that period when we get into some of these movies. But you'll notice, especially in Ben-Hur and... um, Ten Commandments there's a lot of the blacklisted actors in these movies oh really so they're trying to get around get around the whole acting you know blacklist so that they can be in these biblical
0: movies that's so interesting (laughs) I will say another thing too and maybe we should just jump right into our first one but I will say just as an overview for all five of these just remember to think about like what we what we ask of the viewer is to go and check out, check these out, and it's just, yeah. the, we're, dis- we're trying to be the discussion starter, but we want you guys to go in and just kind of research, watch yeah. these movies, see if you can uh, kind of get the gist of the time period, yeah. see what you think about it. Yeah. Okay. So, what's our first one? Ben Hur is up first. Oh my goodness! So that's you wanna, like the black. That's like the best one for me, but I think it's my favorite out of the '50s like biblical epic movies but we'll, for sure. But we'll definitely we'll. De- I, all All of so these, Colin, you you tell us the
1: we'll take turns recapping the plot. How about so, that?
0: So we're just going to for the, for the new ones we might not do this, but I think for the classics it's been long enough that I can spoil the movies for people. Okay, but I will keep certain plots vague so that if you want to like be surprised, but I'll say this: Ben Hur is a story of a um, of a, a wealthy. Uh, Jewish guy who who Charlton Heston, right? Charlton Heston yeah. plays this guy Ben Hur, and you'll notice that in the fifties, a lot of Christian movies from the fifties they just throw Charlton Heston in there. Eventually, he's he a good actor, so I he think is the he's epic actor. I think he is a very good actor, and I think, like I said, I think that it's kind of cool that they were like, "Let's make the most epic movie possible for the fifties, and it's Christian. Let's put our biggest actor yeah. we've ever had in there, yeah. and it's Christian." So anyway, Ben Hur is what I would call. This happens a lot in Christian movies, and that is, uh and maybe Ben-Hur was one of, like, I guess the robe in Ben-Hur, and maybe even a little bit before that was one of the first movies to do this, which is the, this could have happened. Here's a yeah. fictional story of a character that was probably around the time of Jesus and the events that happened surrounding Jesus. It's not straight out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. But there are, there are story points where Jesus is there. Yeah. And I believe those to be very significant moments in the in the movie. But um, I'll just say, uh, summary wise, it's just a it's just a movie about a wealthy uh, Jewish guy. He 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 not only owns property um, in uh, Jerusalem, but he uh, uh, has some like slave like not servants, I guess you would say, but they are servants that are mm-hmm. more his friends. But he is well respected in the community, and he has grown up to kind of be the sort of the unofficial like voice of that town when the Roman empire starts to march through. He's basically the Charlton Heston of that city. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um, he has servants and he has, uh, he has quite a bit of land and and a good amount of wealth. Yeah. Uh, But, and his childhood friend just happens to be uh, being coming up as the new, I want to say he's either a governor or he is uh, the the leader of that area. Yeah. They're going to put him in charge of that area, and there is dissonant. There there is dissent, yeah, uh, and people that don't want Rome's rule, mm-hmm. uh, especially since um, it seems like they're they're doing it very forcefully without much of a say from anyone, uh, and they're proclaiming that uh, Caesar is God and all of this. So. Yeah. Ben-Hur is just like, you know, I I don't I'm not like opposing you guys necessarily, but I also think that uh, you're opposing us. And that's kind of not my thing, dog. And uh, he goes and talks to his friend. Calls he's him like, out. yeah, he's like, Masala, we've been friends since we were children. And he, they <laughs> throw the spear and it hits the the cross beam. And they're like close every time. But then um, they begin to have these difference of opinion. And it turns out that Masala is kind of like, Rome is Rome, and I'm, like, going to be in charge now, and I need you to back me up. Rome is pretty cool. And then... Why don't you just be cool with us? And and Judah yeah. Ben-Hur is like, listen, you're oppressing our people. It's not cool. You used to be, like, my buddy. What's the deal here? And so they kind of, like, get angry at each other. There is a, you know, sort of like a, a an a ugly break where they don't talk. And then... An unfortunate thing happens where the Roman legions kind of marching through with the new um, I don't know what the word is for a prefect or something. And uh, as he's coming through, some slats fall off a roof that just happened to be Jonah's uh, Judah Ben-Hur's building while they're watching falls on him. And it gives Masala the excuse to throw them all in jail and send Ben-Hur to the galley like ship as a slave. And so through all of that is like a huge moment of betrayal. And I would say that the big that's the big like kind of first uh, what you call that the first conflict of the story. And then the rising action is his vow for revenge. And he says, I, I will not die a man tied to an oar. I will get revenge on Masala and all this stuff. And so the entire movie is this this big, long revenge story of him trying to survive being enslaved. Coming back, he actually becomes friends mm-hmm. with some Roman legionnaire people, some, some, this naval guy who is in charge of the naval fleet, loves him because he saved his life. I won't ruin it, but I will just say that it's very, very similar to a modern film called The Gladiator. And I feel like they took a lot of cues from, from Ben Hur, Spaniard. <laughs> and so one of the main things, one of the main message that I very, very much enjoy about this film is that it's all about letting go of your yeah. hate. Right. And as the movie progresses on, Jesus becomes very, very important to his story um, yeah. because the end result is that he decides to let it go because Jesus tells the people yeah. that that's what they should. It's really
1: doing. interesting because Jesus isn't so much like a main character in this movie, but he's yeah. an inciting
0: incident like Oh, moves. man. And one yeah. of the best mm-hmm. parts of that movie. He's out in the desert. He's getting ready to be dragged onto a ship, and he and he's. They stop to get water, and they're like, "No water for him." Like Masala personally said, "Don't give yeah. him any water." And so then Jesus gives him some water. Yeah. The guy goes to whip him, and he looks at Jesus's face, and then he like sort of like hesitates and doesn't do it. Then all that time later, during the crucifixion, Ben Hur steps out. And he tries to help him. Roman legions trying to like whip him back. I and he goes and grabs some man. water. Mm-hmm. What?
3: I know this man. Yeah. He says,
0: <laughs> he's, he's not a criminal. What is his crime? Huh? And he goes and gets him the water. And it's kind of one of those like fulfilled covenants yeah. of, between them. And it's so good. It's, I would say that hands down for the fifties, it has one of the best musical scores. Yeah. It has some of the best acting, and uh, 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 videography, uh, uh, um, whoever the DP was, is very very good. It 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 invented pod racing. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that. Everybody race. listening,
1: uh, <laughs> go look up the chariot race from Ben Hur, and then look up the pod racing scene from Star Wars Episode One. They're like exactly the same. It clearly it's, lines up. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome.
0: So if you took <laughs> if you took Gladiator and Episode one, the Phantom Menace put them 3000 years. Well, 2000 years ago in a desert. Add Jesus. Add Charlton Heston specifically. And then you've got Ben Hur. That's it. (laughs) So what do you guys think of Ben Hur?
1: Yeah, I think I think Ben Hur really holds up well. Surprisingly, I mean, I 50s fifties so. movies are kind of slow compared to movies today, Um, but I, I remember not being bored watching this. And I watched it in a film
0: class. I will say there is so I had lots of opportunity to be bored. There is a danger and with some of the older movies that they don't maintain pace well and they, sim- mm, they seem to slow yeah. down. But this one definitely does not. Yeah. And, and another thing this film does that later became a trend in mo- more modern Christian movies is they take characters that aren't really talked about much in the scripture and give them more of a side story like what yeah. were they doing so one of the three wise men ends up being a friend to oh that's right then her he's got mm-hmm. like the horses or something it well he's yeah. friends with an arabic i think or a, a hungarian guy yeah. I, i'm trying to remember exactly where he hails from but he's friends with the guy who has okay. the horses yeah. and then they become buddies again and then later even later than that um he sees him again when he's giving his Sermon on the Mount and he's like, Judah, don't go. This yeah. is the this is the Christ, you know. And yeah. he's like, I don't have time for this, I have <laughs> revenge to do. Yeah. And it's that whole thing I'm, I'm gonna like, go do a revenge. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so and I mean So what about the biblical accuracy or the message? We can kind of combine those two. Because the biblical accuracy really just has Jesus, but it, it definitely has like lots of different parts from the New Testament in it. And it, I think it's pretty faithful from what I've seen.
0: Well, th- yeah. it, I mean, it's a lot of what happens as a result of the crucifixion is like impl- implied stuff yeah. that would have been happening alongside the temple yeah, being like cracked and torn and all that. Yeah. Um. It, but I do believe that that whole thing of the leprosy being healed from like the yeah. water from the rain. I mean, that's not unfathomable at all i don't think (laughs) uh i also don't think that it's unreasonable to assume that jesus would have been about his work during the time when ben hur was being like trudged out and stuff um so all the times that jesus is a part of it and all of the attitudes and historical stuff of what the romans are doing at the time seems pretty solid i mean you could probably nitpick over like what the galley ships looked like or something. But as far as like biblically, I think that... They the, can't travel over deep water tiles. No, I a problem with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until they upgrade. But um, I think that the stuff that the... Because he ends up kind of loving this yeah. daughter of the servant and getting to see her again. I think her name's Esther, maybe. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Uh, but um, she goes to him later and talks about... What Jesus spoke about in terms of forgiveness and letting go of hate and all of that is very spot on. Awesome. And and so I, I would say that you could nitpick over just like little minor things. But as far as like where where the Bible would lead you in terms of his personal struggle, I think it's is, is all right. It's yeah, all, it's all so good to you. <laughs> What do you think, Stephen? As far as Ben Hur, have you seen Ben Hur? Uh,
3: I haven't seen Ben Hur in its entirety. Uh, oh, okay. I did as much research as is possible uh, <laughs> w- without without uh, being able movie. to find it. Oh no! I, I actually um, I enjoy long movies. Uh, I enjoy films from this period specifically. I'm a big '50s movie fan, but I, um, in terms of Ben Hur, uh, what I kind of gleaned from it was, um. It's 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 definitely uh, influential for its yeah. time. Uh, oh, absolutely! Uh, and um, what uh, the, really well that, received, very uh, well received. I
1: heard that it was all practical effects.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, oh, really? I read one thing. A little factoid for you is: I read that it was one of the biggest budgeted movies yeah. in the fifties to oh, date. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, out of every movie I've was ever, was like
1: nineteen fifty-five or something, like mid-fifties. Think
3: MGM okay. made a. It, it was nineteen fifty-nine. Oh, okay. Um, oh, so okay. it was like uh,
1: late.
0: In, Maybe I'm no, no, no! Sorry, sorry.
3: 1956, 1956. and then Ten Commandments is fifty-nine. That's okay. right. Oh,
0: I, I thought at first that. So was switched. the robe, then Ben Hur, then the Ten Commandments. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There was some in between there too, some other ones. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I mean, in uh, in Ben Hur, I mean, it won eleven Oscars. Um, so good. Uh, You're kidding? Yes, wow. eleven Oscars. Um, uh, one of the bigger Oscar Grand Slams. Uh, one of the only ones to win. Uh, that many uh, at the time, well, the only one to do it at the time.
1: Can you imagine a Christian movie today winning eleven God. Oscars?
0: Why can't it? But <laughs> I know the answer already. Of course, we'll save yeah. that for next time. <laughs> I've, I, I I read a nasty article later. I, I uh, later I may get, talk to you guys about. It. I don't know if how much I want to say in the podcast, but I read a nasty article about how uh, lately some horror movies have a lot of Christian stuff in them and how yeah. it's just propaganda. <laughs> I was
3: like, as if horror sad. movies haven't always had Christian that's quote exactly, unquote propaganda
0: in that's them. exactly what I said, but that's okay. Yeah. That's for another time. Everybody, yeah. there are, there are a lot of Christians who believe that horror is not actually uh, you know something yeah. that we should be watching not one of them uh, that's I, that's <laughs> something we could talk about another time i definitely think that at some point we should talk about horror movies on here we'll have to bring steven back for that please one please do please yeah. do <laughs> we'll have do. to talk about maybe like the conjuring or something like yeah. that you can talk the about exorcist. the exorcist <laughs> yeah okay oh, yeah. so so uh ben hur i give it a i don't i know we're not rating <laughs> it we should <laughs> let's just it. say would you recommend it I would absolutely recommend. I would recommend it too, for sure. What a, well, I would give it uh, five bags of salted <laughs> peanuts, <laughs> and I would two dippin' dots. Five out of five javelins stuck in a wooden beam. There you go. <laughs> well, you'd have to have five friends, so it'd be Ben, Ur and his, four like Roman friends.
3: I give it ten Close shots every time. <laughs> I give it ten shots of Jesus on his back.
1: There you go. I give it fifteen Arabian horses. There you go. Alright, cool. Stephen, what about the Ten Commandments? Let's hear about this oh, big old
0: thing. Yeah. Goodness. If you can condense, that would be fine. If not, then we'll just make it a long episode.
3: Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Ben-Hur has a beard, and no. Um, it's just the story of Moses. Um, The Jews escape from Egypt. Um, it's Exodus entirely. Um, We've got, uh, we've got sort of more additions, and so the first thing I think uh, that we need to add in here is that we've got this big expository introduction from Cecil B. DeMille, the director of the film, yeah. uh, at the beginning. Uh, that personally, I believe is entirely unneeded. Um, uh, really <laughs> I thought so unnecessary.
0: too. I think that maybe he, maybe the filmmakers were worried about what it was implying, but I don't know what it's implying. Well,
3: well, one of the things, one of the things that at I know we're kind of jumping the bounds of just uh, exposition here, but it's just okay, go ahead. a little bit ahead of ahead of myself. Um, I mean, in that introduction, it's, he's trying to make clear, oh, we took from other sources besides the Bible, and we're trying to mm-hmm. give a complete account of uh, who Moses was and what he did and all this different stuff. Sure. Now, I don't know, of course, I haven't gone to seminary, Not uh, an ancient historian. Uh, Don't worry, I haven't either. Only (laughs) Zach has, and he holds
0: it over my head every single episode. Like the Gentiles do, yes. (laughs) Lord it over them. Uh,
3: But in terms of, you know, them taking different sources, I don't know how accurate that is. But, I mean, clearly he wants to state that ahead of time. And so I understand why he'd want to state it. But it's stated in the opening credits, it's yeah. stated in, I think, theatrical trailers. Everybody would have known ahead of time. Um, but this is definitely just the studio covering their butts um, yeah, in, seems, in many ways. It seems weird. Edward Sloan's introduction to Frankenstein from 31. Clearly the same the, the same idea, you know, just afraid of, quote trying unquote, blasphemy.
1: It, so trying to make it clear that, hey, we've adapted the original work. Like we're not trying to pull a fast. Don't
3: get ba- on that. don't get mad at yeah. us. Exactly. Um. But yeah, you just got the story of uh Moses. We do have additions uh to the Bible. For instance, um, uh, Allah DreamWorks is uh, Prince of Egypt. He's got uh, he's got, yeah. a, he's got yeah. a lot of um you know backstory with uh um with the the Pharaoh uh being well the future Pharaoh being basically his brother. Um, all this different stuff with an Egyptian girlfriend and yeah stuff like that. Um, none of that's in the Bible. None of it's in the Bible, no. but you know what? It's, it's fun to be, to be yeah. sure. It's, it's it, definitely interesting.
0: It's, it's entertaining, but you asked the question, could it have been entertaining if it was just the regular stuff from the Bible? I don't know.
3: I think it'd be incredibly entertaining if we had, uh, a Moses that, um, that wasn't president of the NRA. Um, <laughs> not to say anything negative about Charlton Heston, he's one of my favorites, but Heston uh clearly brings this much more powerful performance to Moses. Moses yeah. is, you know, in the Bible very much depicted as someone who um so it's kind of he,
0: not good at speaking. Not good at speaking. Yeah, I was thinking he, about probably that got a too. stutter.
3: Stuff yeah. like that. I mean, we 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 have all that going on, and yet Heston is here making enormous Hestonian speeches
1: Heston would have been Aaron in the Bible clearly that's what Moses did he had Aaron give a lot of his
0: speeches
3: they should have switched the roles because John Barrymore would have made an absolutely perfect Moses I think
0: well like a lot later um on they have a movie uh called the greatest story ever told we're not going to cover it on this episode but we might cover it in future yeah we had to pick five but in that He, uh, Charlton Heston plays John the Baptist Mm. and as John the Baptist, he is only like a, like a, like a minor part of the story He's not like a main character, but I think just because he was Charlton Heston, they like made his role like bigger. But Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is I wonder if Charlton Heston, just because he's Charlton Heston, they're just like, we've got to make it grand. We've got to make it big. We've got to put him center stage. Well, they um, wanted to make it
1: big and grand anyway. Right, right. right. They're trying to bring people into the theater.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, clearly. Mm -hmm. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I totally get that. It's the uh, implication that if he's Moses, he's got to be. Moses like a hundred and ten percent to the max. Yeah. Mm.
3: <laughs> can we can we bring in a sort of element that I think is going to follow us throughout this whole thing about Christian movies? Okay, what really overindulgent uh, narr- narration, um, mm. over over self indulgent narration. Uh, it's in everything that we've w- that we've watched for this. I'm fairly certain.
0: What are you talking about? Uh, explain. Expand you mean when on There's that. like
3: a narrator. Yeah, yeah. but unnecessary narration. Unnecessary.
0: You're uh, saying that that it would be better if the, the acts were just played out and just received as they are. That's true. There is is narration
1: in the 10 commandments. Now that I'm remembering that. What
3: we see on screen, what we see on screen, I think is necessary um, for, uh, for the exposition. I think the narration sort of cuts in. It's one of the things that makes this movie not hold up as well. I personally really loved it. Uh, I really liked the movie, but uh, I do think there's some aspects of it that certainly don't hold up well.
0: Yeah,
1: that sure. is interesting because today's audiences are like, show us, don't tell us.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that I mean, and we're not we're, we weren't born in the 40s and we're not teenagers in the late 50s. So but but I, I agree. I think that, you know. And and another aspect of this is that they were probably still figuring a lot of that stuff out. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh as, I
1: don't think that they had that narration in the robe.
0: I watched right. that this morning and right.
3: I think you're probably yeah.
1: right. Yeah.
0: But as far as like how they how they present certain information in movies yeah. like very very much evolved as time went on. Yeah. Uh like this is a non-Christian movie but um like for example The Graduate yeah, uh, was one of the first movies to do this like modern band does the whole like dr- instead of like a symphony yeah. or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. And then it made it f- like when you watch it today, it feels less like an old movie and more like a modern movie in a lot mm. of ways. Mm hmm. As a result of it. And that was one of those things that were like, oh, we can we can do that. Oh, that changes the whole game. Can you use Simon and Garfunkel? (laughs) So uh, I think that um, I think that like this narration thing died out as a result of what you're talking about. They're like, this is really unnecessary.
3: Certainly. I think it's it's probably more um, a trademark of DeMille himself. I mean, Hitchcock was doing, you know. Work that, you know, obviously he thought, oh, don't ever don't ever tell, always show that kind of thing. Hitchcock was doing work. Yeah. Um, A lot of the uh, German expressionist people were doing the same thing. But, you know at the same time it's definitely a product of its time but this and is more I of a
1: normie of movie definitely right? <laughs> a more
3: normie movie yeah. i know i'm bringing yeah. up german expressionism <laughs> it's probably a little much
0: yeah. uh, no no we we 50s hipsters were watching it and Yeah. <laughs> and we and we we are all we all have broadcasting uh, as like a big part of our background and and i understand that uh but like it's it just just from like a viewer standpoint They probably were used to it from like a few movies doing it and maybe became like a trend. Oh, yeah. But at some point they were probably just like like what like what uh, Stephen was saying, like, eh, this is this is unnecessary. I like Mm -hmm.
1: how in a lot of movies and even nowadays um, there has to be like a love interest, Uh even if it doesn't really fit. Like one thing that stood out to me the last time I watched the Ten Commandments was the Egyptian girlfriend that Moses had. Yes. Like he had to have like a love interest in there. Because I guess his um, his Midianite wife from the actual Bible like wasn't (laughs) wasn't enough for the
0: narrative. Well, I think a thing, too, is that like almost every movie where Charlton Heston plays like the main character, he always has like a. Uh, feminine like he he always has like a counterpart that's a yeah. woman yeah. that like gives him those dramatic like hold hold her mm-hmm. in the arms shots yeah. and stuff
3: admittedly it is it is a fairly interesting element i mean a femme mm. fatale in a uh in, in a biblical movie fairly fairly different yeah yeah um and she's uh she's certainly much more sort of um well she, she's sexy yeah. She's sexy and yeah. there's a lot of There's a lot of um, uh, Sort of sexual overtones To everything Everything she's in there's that okay because
0: it's biblical There's yes. that scene where he yeah. uh, He goes out and works the fields Like his people do Just yeah. to try, try it out Gets mud all over him Comes back into the palace place And then she's like Oh, you're covered in mud. And he's like, yeah. come here. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is weird. There's some pretty cringy moments there. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I did find it interesting. Uh, I, I th- and I think she does give a fantastic performance. Um, uh, and DeMille is definitely doing something kind of different. Um, and it's definitely like we were talking about, overstepping those haze code bounds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the yep. same time, you have, um, you do have. I can't remember her name. Uh, Lily Munster plays his actual wife, uh, <laughs> the one
0: he meets when he goes out into yeah, the desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Whose name is totally different in this than the Bible, but whatever. <laughs> Instead uh, of it her being Zipporah, it's it's Sephora.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it looks isn't like his, Sephora. Isn't his um, mom different in the movie too? It's like. It's like Jarrah uh, Jarrahvid. Jere, you don't really. The Bible. <laughs> Yoshavid
3: is what yeah. they call it. Yoshavid.
0: Him. And then okay. her name is like Yoshava or something. It's like, it's kind of weird. The Bible doesn't really
1: reveal much about mm-hmm. Moses' mom. Just no, that not a whole lot. She put him in a basket and know, that she so. uh, breastfed him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's another big thing that you don't see in the Moses movies, like any of them, is that uh, the mom's like, I've never seen my child again. It's like, but in the Bible, it does say that, like, even though the other lady had him that he was still breastfed by his mm. original mm. mom. So you got to know a few things like yeah, yeah. that. Maybe that oh, yeah, that's right. they were kind of yeah. co-parenting or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there was uh there was a little bit, there was a very short mention of it in this one, but I know they don't mention it in Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Um, they don't, uh, by the way, not to smash Prince of Egypt, one of my favorites,
0: It's one of my favorites too, uh, especially cause the music's yeah. so good. It's the,
3: the it's the hidden really gem good. of, uh, of DreamWorks. Am I right? It's, I would
0: agree. Yeah. I, I'm actually a big fan of the OG DreamWorks. Like, uh, oh, yeah. is, is DreamWorks also Road to El Dorado? Yeah. The hand-drawn animation. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Anyway, we could talk about that all day. Yeah,
3: but uh, in, yeah. In terms of Ten Commandments, definitely, uh, definitely an interesting movie. I'll I'll never get through three and a half pages of notes.
1: <laughs> no, but what I else, what else was interesting about it? Oh, oh, uh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, just just
0: deep <laughs> yeah. dive in your can notes. Just, if I can just dive fine. in, go ahead, um, man. It's all right.
3: Uh, uh, how,
0: how we doing on time, oh, not yeah. Bob? We're at forty-five minutes. Oh, oh my goodness, it's fine. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We're <laughs> Put it into fifteen parts. Ten Ten Commandments uh, is one we need to focus on a lot, just because I think it's so. yeah. it's 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 one of those movie. It's one of those stories that gets told again and again and again. Of course, but doesn't really necessarily get all of the stuff yeah. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. even the Rugrats. Oh, yeah, that's Passover the Passover special. <laughs> that was
1: one of, one of my favorite Moses retellings as a oh kid was the Rugrats one. He's got the diaper on his head. Okay, mm-hmm. so go ahead.
3: Well, uh, subversive violence for one. I mean, the opening sequence where they – or one of the opening sequences where they have all the Egyptian men kill uh, the firstborn of every – You get to uh, see quite yeah, a, quite a, a bit of it too. Yeah, yeah. He
0: wipes, there's a scene where he wipes his sword off on the baby's uh, cloak, uh, 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 yeah. cloth. And you're just like, ooh, what?
3: <laughs> and there's a, a woman being chased by a man, yeah. implicating not only murder, but maybe even rape. Um, really, really crazy stuff there. Uh, and then, of course... Is is, is that historically
0: accurate? Probably. Pro-
3: let's be honest, yeah. it probably was. Yeah, probably, but for the 50s, that's probably very racy. Oh, certainly, yeah. certainly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get much of that outside of, you know, bee pictures at that right. time, but... Um, and then also there's the uh, uh that scene uh where Passover actually happens. Definitely straight up a half hour of horror movie right there. Yeah. Just sure. Hundred percent horror is it Getting that, that
0: chased. long,
1: that part? It's, it's really like thirty really long. minutes long? Well no. because
0: because the, the culmination of that scene is the the yeah. Pharaoh's son dying, and then yeah. you know, I guess Moses sort of tries to smooth things over in the movie i guess at some point he does go to see him doesn't he yeah, yeah. well he calls point, he, for him he, at that point he's like go take
3: them, yeah leave yeah. and i'm like "Ooh." and what a great performance by yul brenner yul brenner's brilliant in he's here solid and, um <laughs> can't help but like yul brenner even when he's a villain and he's a villain in like everything so
0: Is i mean he's king and i right so mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and uh Westworld? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and also uh cool runnings <laughs> oh yes <laughs> that character's name is the old it's not the same That's guy true. though. <laughs> sorry go ahead can we do a
3: live commentary for that one uh,
0: oh man it's a brilliant idea oh, <laughs> oh brilliant. my goodness okay yeah so i'm sorry continue on. oh
3: i don't know uh there's um Edward G. Robinson, who was blacklisted during the time, Uh, definitely a communist, but also an amazing actor. Um, (laughs) He was in all those '40s film noirs. Uh, Who does he play? I'm sorry. uh, He plays. Oh shoot. Uh, He's he's the. Jewish guy that's like a bad guy. He's a yes, yes. He's, yes, one he's the, the one who drivers. kind of
0: rallies everybody to do the calf stuff, or yeah, he kind yeah. of sort of works with the pharaoh but uh, unofficially. Mm-hmm. Mm, really yeah. good
3: character acting, and then yeah, I have a good. note here that is in all caps, in cursive, with three exclamation points and underlines that say, I love Vincent Price in everything. (laughs) Vincent Price is in this movie, and he gets murdered, which is fantastic. (laughs) And he's just as good a villain as he is in everything else. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's right. Um, That's awesome. Oh, yeah, and uh, I I, I remember reading a minor note about the guy who actually gets killed, the the slave, the whip guy that gets killed. Yeah. Um, I think in the Bible, or... Maybe the maybe the Jewish Torah. I'm not sure if it's exactly listed out in the Bible, but uh from what I understand, instead of being choked or anything by Moses, he like calls he like says like a like a curse word of some kind and it just strikes the guy dead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Am I thinking Where of Where right? is this? Am I thinking are you of that talking right? about when
1: are you talking about when Moses murders the Egyptian?
0: Yeah. Yeah, as far as I can understand, that's what happened.
1: Jimmy, pull that up.
0: I yeah, think pull that up, Zach. <laughs>
1: yeah bob's not here to do this but um so let me i think i think it's just it's an exodus 2 um glancing this way and seeing no way no no one he killed the egyptian and hid him in the sand the next day he saw two hebrews fighting he asked the one in the wrong why are you hitting your fellow hebrew so basically it literally just says he killed him and hid him in the sand. It does Weird. not say how. It certainly up, doesn't kill him and hide uh, him in the sand. Are but. you are you thinking of like
0: no, 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 no. I read this earlier today, but but it but it was from like a Jewish website, so maybe they have some insider info. I so don't the, know about it. Yeah,
1: so they have they have their Jewish interpretations of the Old Testament that are out uh. there. But they're also very old. So you know, it could be there could be some truth to some of it. Well,
0: if it's mm-hmm. not from the Bible, then I didn't. I, I I glanced at that on the way here, so I just saw that and was You're like, "You're looking huh. at a Jewish interpretation." <laughs> yeah, sorry about so. that. Sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> I'm not saying Jewish belief is bad, but uh, for the confines of this, okay. I want to bring up.
1: I want to bring up another thing specifically with like Heston and like the epic movies. Uh-huh. Do you guys think that like? whatever the Heston character is and like Richard Burton in the robe kind of Mm -hmm. counts for this too. He's basically a Charlton Heston. Like, I feel like they try to make that character like a good old American. Yes. Like, Uh, they don't say like, Pharaoh, you need to make a democracy right now, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like they're... They're kind yeah. of driving at that. They're like, well,
0: and I mm, also think that's freedom. why. I, I also think that's why that guy came out in the beginning of the movie and said what he said. He kind of he. I, I almost felt like he was implying this, like this is a movie about being set free mm-hmm. from yeah. oppression. Yeah, and just however you, however you want to interpret what I'm saying. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs>
1: then it's yeah, like they he, always have like like pro-democracy characters yeah. in these and like it's kind of that way in 300 too
0: mm-hmm. you know the spartans were not like a democracy i <laughs> not, always assume like that, we are you know? i always assumed yeah. that this movie had some things that had to do with the red scare <laughs> like about yeah, communism yeah. yeah and so i assumed that, that maybe they were trying to like uh promote but yeah The Bible story is the Bible story. Anybody Mm -hmm. can interpret it, you know, to their own end. But in the end, it is a story about uh, freedom from oppression through the help with God to free his people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can take that. You can um, take the implications wherever you feel like it. But that is the story.
3: Specifically the way that I took it, you know, for the politics of the time, I I thought it had a lot to do with civil rights. Um, Sure. and, And I could be wrong because, you know, Cecil B. DeMille uh, noted, incredibly, uh, incredibly conservative person. Not to the point that we have today in terms of you know what is a conservative today, what is a conservative back then. Uh, trying to cover all my bases Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and be uh, as anti-political as possible. That's, uh, that's
0: good. We don't like to. Uh, th- yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead.
3: But but in terms of in terms of uh, Demille, I mean Demille might not have meant this, but Heston certainly walked with Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Heston was a big supporter of civil rights. Uh, there's And of course, a lot of the stars had a lot of the power in Hollywood at the time. So we've got certainly, you know, Heston making these speeches that frankly could come right out of Martin Luther King jr's mouth. Uh, a Hmm, lot of, a lot of the points of view with, um, uh, uh, Pharaoh needing to be needing to free all these people, uh, for a specific Mm -hmm. point of view, for, for that point of view, I think it works, um, most of all, but I don't, I don't know. It's a, it, it, I, I, that's what I got out of it.
0: Okay, so we gotta move on we're yeah. we're running we we have three more to talk about, would so you, would you guys recommend the Ten Commandments? Certainly Thumbs I would up. absolutely recommend
1: watch it. it every Easter because Easter happens to for, be Passover for, uh-huh. for, for yeah, fundamental
0: for fundamentalist Christians who are very, very concerned about the legitimacy of all of this stuff, sometimes you just need to go into a movie and enjoy it it's and not appreciate super what biblically you can. A- yeah. accurate,
1: but it's not necessarily super contrary in either. All right, That's Zach. Good. Uh,
0: Next is Jesus Christ Superstar Do you want to tag team that one? Yeah I can I mean I can start us off You go ahead Start us off You ready?
1: Yeah In right. my portrayal of Jesus Christ Superstar, I'm going to play both Judas and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? That was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, from uh, Along, that? King Paulie, Along Came Polly, where he plays yeah. the guy who With was ben in the Stiller. one movie called Crocodile Tears. <laughs> I love that character. Oh, um, uh, so Jesus Christ Superstar. This is a movie created at a time... During the someone made this, the it the, was a play first, wasn't it? Stage. I, I want to say that yeah. I want to say that Andrew Lloyd Webber probably did maybe a little bit of this, and I mean, well, he writes. There was a stage, stage play. Plays. It was a
3: stage play before nineteen seventy with the London. Uh, with the London. Yeah, company. I was going to say okay. when Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber
0: got involved, it was probably mm-hmm. made into a musical. Then after. Yeah. And it's based on that. Yeah, maybe more so than the stage play, and then his like interpretation of the stage play. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, every stage play has a actor version where there's no music, and then like a music version where there's music, music. And a lot of times they end up changing the story slightly. So I don't know. I mean, but I'm I'm assuming that it's probably the same. And this movie is very groovy to say oh. the least right so we're <laughs> we're now in the 70s 1970 yeah. let me check before i can tell you guys um so one of the things that's going on at this time oh and it's directed by uh tim rice no musical hold on a minute <laughs> hold on rock opera with music by andrew lloyd weber and lyrics By Tim Rice. Okay, Okay. now we got everything straight. (laughs) And it was made, uh, it was, the music was debuted on Broadway in 1971, but uh, the movie, oh my goodness, please. Yeah. The movie is 1973. That's what I thought it was. All right. So I want to make sure I got all the dates right, because we're on the the stage play, Broadway,
1: movie. We're at like, I guess the tail end of the hippies. The hippie era. The right? the Jesus revolution. So, yeah, people sometimes people talk about um, there was something called the Jesus movement. Yeah. That was like in the 70s. And it was kind of like um, it was hippies kind of like coming to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: My church comes out of that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Vineyard. That's right.
3: JP USA and vineyard and stuff like that. By yeah. the By the way, nothing that I say represents the point
0: of view of the <laughs> Richmond Vineyard or Joseph Wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So so here's what uh, I guess I'll give you my yeah. little spiel. Like I'll start us off then, Zach, you can you haven't really done like a good like thing. You. I you, got the robe. You got the robe. OK. OK, so I'll just say that Jesus Christ Superstar, as far as I'll just say this f- going forward. Music wise, I like almost everything that Andrew Lloyd Webber has done, but it's because I am a huge like stage musical guy. Mm I have been to Missouri and seen the Sight and Sound Theater musicals. They're amazing. And I think that uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who is world renowned for being so good at writing music like this, for him to do a Christian story is also an honor, just kind of like how in the 50s they had such a big movie for the um, Ten Commandments and for Ben-Hur. But I will say this. Clearly, there is a there again, there is some stuff going on as far as the biblical accuracy. Yeah. Now, that was a problem for fundamentalist and conservative yeah. traditionalist at the time, but not so much a problem for the people who wanted to believe in the love and groovy hippie aspect of yeah, Jesus, yeah. And so <laughs> here's where here's what happens is that as that movie gets older and the new generation comes along, we get to interpret unbiasedly. Yeah. So I would say that me seeing it without any real like bias of the time, I would say that it is an interesting portrayal of the story. Yeah, from the point of view, sort of of Judas more so than. The overarching story yeah because judas really they portray a little more of his thing they did you definitely get to hear
1: judas's thought process and i do find that sort of interesting i guess my problem is i'm not a huge fan of the hippie jesus yeah um i really
0: feel like they they took him right out of like a band like the who and just stuck (laughs) him on the screen
1: yeah well it, it makes him i think it makes him seem like he's very unintentional like, there's a lot of the things Jesus is doing in this movie is he's, like, figuring it out, man. And he's just, yeah. like, running around and, like, he's like, oh, I'm going to die? I guess you're just going to kill me then, huh? Yeah. And, and, like, you know, I, I think the Bible portrays a very different Jesus. Very mm-hmm. intentional,
0: like, I have a purpose mm-hmm. and a mission here. Well, like, yeah. so so in a, in a lot of ways it was... The 70s interpretation of Jesus. Yeah. And so that comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah. From their belief in culture about love and harmony. And yeah. um, um, I think that, too, one of the things this movie may do well, maybe better than other portrayals is that it gives a lot of depth to each of the apostles in a lot of ways. It gives depth to Judas and Peter and Mm -hmm. um, to uh, Mary Magdalene. Whether or not that depth is legit, it kind of helps. Yeah, the love story is a little problematic. Yeah, uh, it it is. My wife has
3: a big problem with that. She (laughs) had to
0: sing the song. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I don't know how to love him. But, um, But what I'm saying is, as opposed to where we don't, you know... I guess it was the director's choice to say let's give them more depth. Yeah. And whether or not that's right or wrong, it does make the characters more interesting objectively. Yeah. But the Peter we know from Axe, the Mary Magdalene we know that was at the the tomb, you know, and all that uh stuff uh that made those characters who they really were is a little bit lost as a result. Yeah, yeah. And another big thing I know that audiences had an issue with was the fact that Judas was seen more in a sympathetic light, I guess. Yeah. It seemed like he, he kind of didn't know what was happening. He had all this doubt. He couldn't reconcile it. And then when he realized that he was a dummy, he hung himself. And then later he's like with Jesus when Jesus is, um, crucified, I yeah. guess, and singing to him about how he should have had a plan. And so I think that, in a lot of ways, what they've done is taken some liberties with the personalities. Now,
1: yeah, like I, I said, so.
0: it seems like more of a creative idea, yeah. But definitely one of those things where you think like hmm, maybe you shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, I, I I have a lot of problems with the
0: portrayal. I do like the
1: music though. I, Love you gotta music. you gotta get locked into that group. and <laughs> and that st-
0: and the style of dress
1: yeah. and like the dancing. It was very stuff. creative, I would say. It, yeah, it, it,
0: but again, it's it's. I love the guy who played King Herod, though. <laughs> my father, who just passed away, my father played King Herod in the uh, high school musical yeah. version that yeah. he was in, and he and there was a picture of him, and he had uh, he had like the fro hair thing, yeah, like he had like a curly kind of like the thing that the Herod has in the movie, yeah. He had that down pat, and he could sing. And so, you know, that's why we knew about it when I was so young. I think it's tough also for us to grasp like the cultural impact of it. Like
1: I think it was everywhere for a little while yeah and yeah. so and
0: and so this is a good movie example of um a, a thing that we still do quite a bit today, which is trying to reach the world by altering the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's a dangerous road to head down. Now, again. It's tough to, to to completely knock it, though, because of its impact today. When you think of what's the Christian musical, you think of Jesus Christ Superstar. I, I haven't really heard of a lot of other uh, Christian musicals that I um, would say that are like huge, except for maybe Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I, I know is some people have weird things that, to say about that one as well. So I haven't seen that one, actually. But um, Oh yeah, and for everybody listening, this one's going to go on long I think it's just a lot to yeah. say, so we can't just condense it We can make this one episode into a two-parter <laughs> But we're just going to have some a uh, little bit extra long episodes So, okay, what did you guys think? Jesus Christ Superstar
3: Amazing music, um, fairly well shot But
1: not the best portrayal
0: Not the best portrayal yeah. Would you say it's more or less blasphemous than The Ten Commandments? <laughs>
1: I'd say the more. Ten Commandments is more um, accurate to mm-hmm. the Bible. Um, right. It it also has issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that Jesus Christ Superstar is getting into the territory of it's a different gospel.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So um, yeah. so there you go. That's yeah. So yeah. that's where I'm saying. I'm saying that like I think whoever made it was doing something creative, and it's tough to do this. But I think as Christians, it's okay to turn off. And just be like, I'm I'm just gonna sit and be entertained and and uh as far as like the message, I know this isn't biblical, but it's entertaining.
3: That's if I if I can <laughs> that's where I come add, to <laughs> if I can maybe add some weird little perspective to it. Sure, go ahead. Um, if you can if you can view it through sort of Leonard Malton's lens of um uh biopics, if you want to look at this as a weird stylized biopic. Yeah like Leonard Maltin might, you could say, well, the biopic is a way to get you interested in the subject. You look up what's really true afterwards. That yes, maybe a point of view that, you, you can take. That,
0: that is something me and Zach have talked about on this podcast. Yeah. And that is that we are, we, we are just bringing that discussion out between yeah. the two of us, but it's up to our viewers to really get in that, that scripture and dig deep. Yeah. But at no time would we yeah. say, we just think God's like groovy and Jesus is like <laughs> a hip happening so, guy. Yeah, I guess where I come down on it,
1: I I would not tell you what to do with whether you want to watch Jesus Christ superstar or not. But I I do think that the approach that they take can be problematic if you start to see that as how
0: Jesus really is. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that
1: maybe some people don't know the difference and,
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just tough. Well, it's a great example is what we've already talked about, the Ten Commandments and then Prince of Egypt. I think a lot of people see that and they just assume that is like the actual biblical story, like it's being portrayed accurately. And so people who aren't Christian may just think that that's the story. Mm -hmm. But I... I would say that maybe in 2019, it's a little more it's yeah. different because now we have the Internet and a lot of people look yeah. stuff up now. But cool. anyway, moving on the robe. Let's, yeah. So, you oh, wanna... well, like, do we recommend it to anybody to watch?
1: Um, I recommend the album. How about that?
0: There you go. <laughs> recommend that album. That's pretty yeah, good. Go. OK,
1: good idea. So you want to kind of like rapid fire the last two?
0: No, no, let's let's just do it, man. It's fine. OK, we so got this.
1: The robe um, is a story of a Roman tribune, Roman soldier. Okay. His name is Marcellus and it's played by Richard Burton, who we already talked about. He basically fills in the role of a Charlton Heston. If you don't have a Charlton Heston. <laughs> yep. Um, he was this guy. He was working for Rome. He was a soldier. He got on the emperor's bad side and he got sent to Jerusalem right when Jesus is in his ministry so he had to take part over the crucifixion didn't really know what was happening, but he had this uh Greek servant named Demetrius, and um Demetrius saw Jesus and was like, "I have to follow this guy. there's like something about him." yeah, he like recognized Jesus somehow um and Marcellus was in the betting match, which gets mentioned in the gospels, <laughs> yeah where they're uh they cast lots over Jesus' clothing so he wins jesus's robe and there's this really funny like overacting because like <laughs> when he tries to put the robe on it like try it the robe like smothers him and like kind of <laughs> tries to choke <laughs> him. oh it's too so much he's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but his demetrius guy can carry the robe without it bothering him Ah. because he's a Christian at this Mm -hmm, point. mm -hmm. Um, So it depicts this inner struggle in Richard Burton's character. And eventually he converts to Christianity and that's kind of the main thrust of the movie. Also, interestingly it was um so the robe was 1953 mm-hmm. was a few years before ben-hur and ten commandments mm-hmm. so it was the first kind of in that series is it 53 i thought it was 51 53, 53 I think okay. is what i looked at okay either way it's the first one out of those three yeah that's, um, that's fine. and it was the first movie filmed in cinemascope yes which is like a widescreen ah, technique yeah solid so what i've heard about this was that like people at the time were not coming to the theater because television was taking off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they needed like gimmicks. So if you watch this movie, it's like very interesting how it's, cinematic and yet they hadn't like figured out how to do creative shots
0: yeah yeah so they have like, a lot of dead space in the background and stuff no no
1: the backgrounds are full they built really elaborate sets they just don't have like hardly any close-ups mm-hmm. oh I. they see. wanted to show those sets off Yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha. yeah it's very epic
0: sweeping matte paintings mm-hmm. kind of thing so what do you, I mean, uh, yeah. I actually haven't watched this yeah. movie, but I've, I've read a lot about it and it seemed yeah. to be a very impactful movie. I thought
1: it was overall was pretty good, um, especially for the time. I thought it was really slow in a lot of places, especially the second half. Sure. And I kind of, I, I thought it was interesting because some of the comments on like IMDB from modern people okay. say that Richard Burton's like conversion aspect wasn't very believable. I thought yeah. that was interesting because that's what a lot of people say about modern Christian movies. So mm. maybe that's kind of where some of that started. Uh, um, and it's kind of like Ben Hur. It's like a parallel story. Yeah. So I thought, it, I thought it was really interesting how it incorporated the crucifixion. Um. I but I don't remember it like mentioning the resurrection very much, which is another thing about. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they don't really. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of a message about um, like the kingdom and like converting to follow Jesus instead of the kings of the world. Sure. So Marcellus has to go back and he has to face the emperor and like the emperor tries to get the robe, but he can't. He ends up giving it to Peter the fisherman.
0: Oh wow! So, really? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> so so. Uh, it was one of those again where they took characters that were lesser well known and kind yeah, of expanded yeah. on what could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was telling you before about this other movie called the the uh, the movie called Risen, which yes. I very much like. Mm-hmm. That's, have they you really seen that, right. Steven? Yeah, I've seen bits and
3: pieces, but I really loved what I've seen. Jessica's
0: parents had it playing out in uh, where they're where they live at, and um, we just happened to be there for it. I think it was maybe Easter they were playing it. Man, it, it's very similar to what you've described of the robe, yeah. except that the robe isn't the focus. It's the Tribune guy that yeah. handles the robe, that guy. Yeah. So the guy that is being portrayed in the robe is what the, like, he's in charge of the crucifixion. He's at odds with everything. And like, you yeah. know, he talks to Pontius Pilate and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, um, what did you... Pontius I mean, Pilot just keeps washing his hands.
1: It's hilarious. He's, they're in like, the movie? Yeah, they're like, uh, sir, you've already washed your hands. It's like, oh, really? I need to wash my hands. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Is this like Wonder Shows <laughs> that weird clip? <laughs> we won't talk about that. Oh, man. That's weird. Uh, there's a there's a weird show called Wonder Shows in, and if you're uh, brave enough to check it out, it's no, actually no, not very uh, Christian or anything. Don't watch it. All right. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I I would say uh, Burton, even
1: though he kind of overreacted to things, that was just kind of the 50s MO. Sure. So I think he did a really good job. I thought that his conversion, like, I thought it was pretty accurate for a movie from the time period. Yeah. So I... Like I didn't have any problem with the depiction of inner struggle. It is kind of a chore to sit through. <laughs> is, is it boring? Just a little bit. Yeah, I would say it's, it's a little more boring than like Ben-Hur or the 10 commandments.
0: Does it have any, uh, does it have any things we could say like our inaccuracies or is it just kind of like a it's fiction? It's tough to
1: say. I think, um, I, I think who he talks to is Caligula. And during this time, the, roman emperor would have been tiberius uh. but it's like caligula it, they say he's like some kind of right hand man to the emperor and i don't okay. know how accurate that was mm. super um,
3: effeminate too right really yeah. effeminate <laughs> um like i didn't see the full film I, yeah. I i'm actually gonna go ahead and put my full hand out here i've only seen the ten commandments out of all these uh these <laughs> that's okay we, we that's okay but each
0: of us had taken a like a we said we're going to watch this. You watch this, and Certainly. then we'll just kind of cross reference. Certainly,
3: yeah. but in terms of the robe, incredibly effeminate emperor, <laughs>
0: and,
1: and, he, and he was so evil. Yes. It was like a Tim Curry character. He's and it, speaking like this through the whole film. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: I, I, a high pitched voice can be more evil than low if you do it right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That could have been how
1: Caligula really was. I think more often the naughty's portrayed is more menacing. so it was it was interesting to see him as a very effeminate very evil like mustache twirling kind of character but did you like it i did like it overall uh would you recommend it i would recommend it to anyone who wants to watch all five of these movies (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're only recommending it to me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I know we're pushing time, so I'll just I'll, I'll talk about the mission because um, that's one I think I've primarily seen. Stephen, have you seen the mission? I have not seen the mission. Okay, neither. This probably. is the
3: so, one that where I have not researched at all.
1: This so here's only the one. Here's the You're thing. Covering this, this one
0: for us. So. This one's an '80s movie, and since we made the cut off of the '90s, this will be like the most recent classic. Yeah. Now. The mission, when it first came out, I'll just throw a few things out there. When it first came out, it actually didn't do so well at the box office. Yeah. But it stars Jeremy Irons, Robert De Niro, Liam Neeson, and a score of other really famous actors. That's a cast right there. Yes. So (laughs) um, Robert De Niro is actually pretty young because it's 86. And um, it came at a time when he was doing a lot of Scorsese stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And he's doing Godfather and, you know. And so what I found profound is that this is, this movie is very, very Christian. It, it, yeah. it, it was presented as like a mainstream movie about the Jesuits in South America in the 1750s. There's a, it's a, it's like the war it's, it's called like the, the war, the, uh, the war of 1750. And then it's the name of the tribe versus the Portuguese okay. basically. And so The basic story, and I'll just—I don't want you know, don't want to like go through the entirety of the the movie, but I will say that the story is that there are Jesuits in South America, and they have like British, Portuguese, uh, and like they have installments there. They're trying to uh, sort of like gain land, so Spain and Portugal are basically trying to to sort of like grab whatever land they can essentially mm-hmm. from this area. And one of the main Spanish mercenary slave traders is Robert De Niro. And he is uh, this guy who owns these native people as slaves and does terrible things with them, beats them, kills them, all of that bad stuff. Jeremy Irons is the head of priest of the jesuit order that's there and his specific mission work that he is doing is to go out to these native people and convert them and help them in any Mm. way that he can so it's like both end. he's not just converting and then leaving them alone he's like helping them build structures he's giving them food Mm -hmm. he's protecting them from slave traders
1: right so that's what the jesuits were known for is the justice stuff Yeah. yeah so
0: they were very very much like you were talking about um uh social uh what do you call that um uh uh not social programs what did you say civil service yeah yeah sure even at that time you know so yeah. uh so what happens is Robert De Niro is in love with a girl and his brother is in love with a girl and very very early on you assume it's gonna be one of these weird like mm-hmm. love triangle plots and he kills his brother and this is all based on real events I don't know how real this quarrel is but I do know that Jesuits were directly involved in the big war that comes at the end. But the cool thing about this movie is Robert De Niro, after he does that, he gets, like, gut-wrenching depression and thinks that he is, like, unworthy to live because he killed his own brother. Yeah. So then Jeremy Iron shows up, and he's like, what is this? Like, he puts himself in jail. He, like, says, put me mm-hmm. in jail. And so they just, they don't know what to do, so they just put him in a cell, but they don't lock it. And he's just, like, sitting in there all the time, not eating and everything. Jeremy Irons comes in and he's like, What is this? Some kind of like punishment for yourself? And he's like, get away, priest. I am unworthy of blah, blah, blah. And he says, he's like, Do you do you even dare try to be redeemed by God? <laughs> and Robert De Niro is like, no, I am I am unworthy of redemption. And so the pivotal scene where it's like very, very like the the gut-wrenching scene of this that is very famous, and by the way, this won a million awards. You can look at this movie up, yep. won all these awards, Academy Awards was nominated for stuff. Um, he Jeremy Iron says, if you want to be redeemed, come with us out way out into the jungle where we're missioning with these people, uh-huh, but do it dragging all of your your mercenary gear and your armor and your sword and stuff behind you the whole way. Hmm. And so he's got, like, you know, like, 100 pounds of, like, metal steel, like, in a bag tied to a rope around his chest. And they are, like, climbing up, like, cliffs. Oh, wow. And that's his, like, personal punishment that he puts on himself. And he has owned these native people and treated them terribly. And they finally get to this thing and he's exhausted. And the the head guy from the natives comes over there and holds the knife to his throat and starts speaking, blah, 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 like, I'm going to kill you. And then Jeremy Irons and Liam Neeson are like, oh, crap, is he going to kill him? And then the native guy cuts his rope off and throws the stuff in the water. And then the swelling of this beautiful music comes on. And he's redeemed, and from there, he is a Jesuit with Jeremy Irons, and they yeah. vow to, like, protect those those natives. And the story is beautiful, but it has a very tragic ending, and that is that the Portuguese and the Spanish government are like, Jesuits got too much power. Uh, we don't like the idea that they won't be our slaves. We don't like the idea that the Jesuits are trying to stop them from being slaves. We yeah. also don't like the idea that they're opposing us. So we're going to say that they need to be like taken out and the head priest of like the Catholic church that's there, he like has his hands tied and like reluctantly says, go ahead and do that. And then they like defend and die basically. Like, so oh, the wow. government, like the two warring governments team up and kill them all. And so it's, it's very sad. I'm sorry I ruined the ending, but it's <laughs> to explain that um this, this, what happened uh, was like a turning point for like the Jesuit movement. And, um, it changed the, it changed the outlook of the Catholic church going forward about like how they handled like civil stuff. Oh, like yeah. that. And oh, so that's cool. Very, very cool movie. I will just quickly say, cause I know we're running out of time that, um, very, very cool. The stuff that Robert De Niro goes through as far as like coming into his faith. He reads the scriptures a lot after that, that, like redemption moment. And then there is kind of this cool uh, thing where Jeremy Irons is like, we are not here to fight. Like we're God was about love and and passive, whatever. And Robert De Niro is like, no, then I renounce my Jesuit oath. I'm going to like defend these people. And Jeremy Irons is like, you're not doing this like (laughs) the right way. I can't like, I can't. So it deals with a lot of things. Like, can you, can you, violently defend people for god or is that bad or um is being an orderly church better than doing like mission work and you know there's a lot of things that really look deep at the church so if you want to check out an amazing movie i would recommend the mission nice man yeah i really want to see it now
1: yeah it it's great. good
0: it's it's better than i thought it was because i saw little clips from like church and just assumed it was just like a certain type of movie yeah. but it's actually very epic the sad thing is that it didn't do so good in the box office but it was like yeah uh it, but was, it won awards right won a bunch of awards so, so it yeah. almost makes me feel like it was one of those like award bait movies because there's Might a lot of those out I mean, there yeah. and i would mm. be sad if that was true but it is actually very very good
1: okay yeah. Okay, so there's so, our five. Yeah, awesome. It I took think, us a long time. Yeah. One of the things I'm noticing about this, and we'll talk about this in the next episode, but yeah. are any of these movies made just for Christians and not anybody else? No. They I were all just so. made for everybody, weren't they? Right. Yeah.
3: That's the problem. Well, we'll get into this discussion,
1: In I'm the sure. newer
0: ones, we're going to get into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Thanks again for listening to us today. Check us out on... Patreon, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. All those things. Get on Facebook and hang things, out with us on all there. Those things. Get on Twitter and
0: where I don't know how much stuff happens on Twitter. Give us a
1: shout out. We've not done a lot on Twitter, but okay. you guys haven't done a lot on Twitter. So you guys on the, grand? the burden
0: is on you all to complain and say Jesus Christ Superstar is blasphemy on Twitter. Just blow <laughs> us up. Or yeah, just blast me, Zach, for if I don't <laughs> like it enough for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but, um, but seriously, check us out. Thanks for all your support and thanks for
0: downloading. Thank you Steven for being here and we will catch you all next time. Peace. Peace.